guys. Welcome back to the Fantasy Pain Podcast for episode number two. I am Dustin, sitting here with my good friend Matt. First, I just want to say that you can follow us at Fantasy Pain Pod or at Fantasy Frontman. That's Matt's. Or at Fantasy Pain DLS. That's mine. Um, I also just want to say thank you to all the listeners that that listen to the podcast. You know, I mean, we had over three listeners. And I believe one of those was my wife. So it's just a bit overwhelming. Um, You know, I don't want to toot our own horn, but toot toot. So thank you. (laughs) Now, today's episode will be a wide receiver rankings 1 through 10 for redraft PPR leagues. Uh, So to kick the show off will be Fantasy Frontman with his number one. Well, it's pretty obvious. The number one wide receiver this year is Michael Thomas and... Pretty much a no-brainer. I think like the only question with him is where do you, where do you pull the trigger on him in the drafts, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would say I would pick, I would pick him after probably number five, after CMC, Barkley, Zeke, and Kamara. Mm-hmm. That's probably where I pick him because just the upside as a receiver, you know. I like to go RB heavy this year early, but it's really tough if you're sitting in the middle of the round, the first round. Yeah. And Michael Thomas is sitting there, you know. It's hard to pick like Dalvin Cook or. You need a Joe Mixon over Michael Thomas right now. Right. So. No, I agree with that. I mean, you could even argue taking him over, you know, maybe Alvin Kamara. I bet some people, you know, would do that. You know, just because, I mean, he had he had such a – he had the best, you know, year ever for a receiver. So, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong drafting him, you know, even you know even before uh, Kamara. I mean, I think Zeke – I think the top three running backs, yeah, I think you're right. And even Kamara, I think you are right. But I'm just saying there is an argument to be made for drafting him even fourth overall. So yeah. yeah, he averaged like twenty three point four points per game last year. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. And he, he had, <clears throat> I put an interesting stat on all the receivers this year, and uh, one or this for, for the top ten today. And yeah. Michael Thomas is he's had the most receiving yards of any receiver in history in their first four seasons. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So he's on pace basically to break Jerry Rice's record <laughs> if he keeps going. Yep. I doubt he'll keep going. I don't think receivers go that long anymore, but, yeah, it's still pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing. And so there's to be said about him pretty much, I think. Yeah, I mean, my number one is also Michael Thomas, but, I mean, what else can you say? It is it is a given. I mean, I almost thought about just skipping the number one because, I mean, it's the consensus number one. You know, we're not saying anything crazy here by taking him number one. Um, so, yeah, so we're in agreement there. All right, Matt, what's your number two PPR receiver? I went with Julio Jones number two. I don't know if that's, like, a hot take or what, but <clears throat> I mean, Julio, I'm pretty sure he's not ready to fall off. He's just like an athletic freak, and you know, he might fall off in the next couple of years, but I don't think this year is the year that he's going to do it. Yeah. And he was, uh, Atlanta last year was first in plays per game. Yeah. And, and pass attempts per game. So, I mean, that definitely helps him out too. And oh, yeah. Ridley's a great receiver, but I mean, he's no Julio, mm-hmm. and the targets are still going to be there for Julio, so... Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, that entire offense is foc- is focal is is focused around Julio Jones. So yeah, yeah, he's he's averaged one thousand three hundred forty seven yards per season in his career. That's, that's pretty, amazing. And one hundred forty targets. Yeah, his whole career. I think he's played what ten seasons. Like his tenth season now. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that he doesn't get a lot of TDs, but he makes it up for it in the yards. Yeah. And he's and catches. Yep. Targets. He's a target monster. Yep. And here, man, here's his PPR finishes from two thousand fourteen to nineteen. Number six, number two, number six, number seven, number four, and number three. So basically, he's never finished lower than seventh. Yeah, in the, in the past. As a PPR seasons. receiver. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So. 
and consistent. So you know he's just a plug and play. Just well, just like most of these guys are. But yeah, definitely Julio. You know he's every year. You know he. You know he's going to be a top, well, top seven receiver. So yeah, that's a good one. All right, great. Um, my number two is Devonte Adams. Um, he averaged over almost eleven targets per game last year. Um, he was the second. You know he was second in uh, PPR points for wide receivers last year behind Michael Thomas. Um, he averaged the fifth most PPR points per game. Oh, I'm sorry, what? I'm completely messed that up. God. All right, so my number two is Devontae Adams. He averaged, uh, see, he averaged 10.6 targets per game, which was the second most uh, behind Michael Thomas. He was also the fifth, he also averaged the fifth most PPR points uh, last year. And, uh, you know, I just feel like Aaron Rodgers, he's out to prove something this year. You know, I think he feels a little slighted with the uh, Packers draft, you know, drafting Jordan Love, not drafting him any receivers or anything, you know, drafting A.J. Dillon and, which isn't really going to help him this year. So I feel like Aaron Rodgers kind of kind of feels like he's being pushed out, and I think he wants to prove something this year. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great year this year, and Devontae Adams is going to be the recipient of that great year. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I'll just go to my number three because he's my number three. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I kind of agree with a lot of that. I mean, he's, he's probably like the only person, one of the only people that has a chance to – you know, be Michael Thomas as the target leader this year. Yeah. And so that does a lot for him. And, uh, I mean, just, I love Devontae Adams this year because of Targus, but I had an interesting stat about him. He's only clipped 1,000 yards in a season in six years once. Oh, wow. In a season in his career. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> but it's just no competition for targets there, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a touchdown guy, and so I know he's going to get a lot of, a lot of uh, red zone targets this year. He has some concussion concerns. But yeah, I still think it's just it's just the targets and the talent and the quarterback. I think is going to be the reason why he finishes. He has no year. competition, you know. I mean, his number yeah. two receiver is what Devin Funches. <laughs> yeah, and Alan Lazard. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a fall off. I mean, and Aaron Rodgers has always loved his number one receiver. Always, he's. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean. So, I mean, yeah, De- Devontae Adams will get a lot of targets this year, and has probably one of the higher chances of finishing the top three this year. You know. Yeah, probably have a career year this year. I mean, Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number three is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, one of the main reasons, you know, is, is is the offense he's in. He's he's going to Arizona, which is an air raid offense, where he's going to be the focal point of a Cliff Kingsbury offense. I mean, that right there is huge, you know. Uh, Carla, Kyler Murray started playing really well the second half of the season last year, and that was while they were missing a dominant receiver. You know, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald were kind of their – you know, one and two receivers, and those guys, I mean, Christian Kirk is, is going to be good, I think, but Larry Fitzgerald is just, you know, he, I mean, he's past his prime, and he was still, you know, kind of fantasy reliable a little bit, you know, just because of the offense he was in. Um, he's still only 28 years old, so, you know, he's right in his prime, um, and, you know, he's just going to get, again, he's going to be a target monster, just like just like all these other receivers we're, talk, we're talking about, he's going to be a target monster this year. All right, Matt. My number uh, four. My number four. My number four. I put Chris Godwin here. And, man, the reason I put him here is, I mean, last year he finished as the number two wide receiver in PPR despite missing two games. Mm-hmm. Like, that's total points, too. 
And I figured, you know, he's going to get plenty of targets this year in that offense. Rashad Perriman left, and so that might give him, you know, a few more targets. And he can play in the slot or the outside. And he was last year he was number three in contested catch rate, which is pretty crazy because, I don't know, you don't think of Chris Godwin as a contested catch guy. Yeah. But, I mean, he, so he's like a really all-around receiver. He's, you know, he's an awesome receiver. And then you got Tom Brady coming in there. And I think Tom Brady can still throw the ball um, great, you know. I just think last year he didn't have that many weapons. And so I think uh, I think he's going to be his main target getter this year is, is Chris Godwin for sure. And I don't know. I just I, – I just – I don't know, a really athletic, athletic player with a great opportunity mm-hmm. and a great offense with Bruce Arians, man, I, don't, I, mean, I couldn't rank him any lower than that. So. Yep. And uh, I guess the cool stat I got from him is he led the league in uh, yards after catch last year. Yep. We yeah. We talked about that earlier. Yep. 574. Yep. That is, uh, that is also my number four. And pretty much everything you said is what I got written down too. He was the number two receiver last year. Uh, something cool is he lined up in the slot 50% of the time that he ran a route was, in, was from the slot. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady loves his slot receivers. You know, look, I mean, every slot receiver he's ever had has been a PPR monster. Um, you know, and so that right there, I mean, just just in, in, uh, just in catches alone, you know, not including guards and touchdowns, he's going to be awesome this year. You know, so he could be a top top three, another top three or two PPR receiver just because of that. Um, and like Matt said, he did lead the league in yak, which for a slot receiver is so important because he's going to get a ton of balls and be able to turn that upfield. You know, and get so he's going to get a ton of yak, a ton of yards after catch. Um, and the other cool thing is he won't be seeing a lot of double teams this year because they have another great receiver on the other side. You know, so he's not he may not even be facing the number one the number one corner all the time. You know, um, you know, so I mean. Because he has Mike Evans on the other side, he's going to be seeing a lot of single coverage because they're going to have to choose either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or where they want to roll that defense towards. And so who knows which you know where they're going to go with that. So, yeah, Chris Godwin, number four. Yeah, I agree with all that too, man. <clears throat> okay, are we going to? Number five. My number five is, I think, your number three, Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Andre Hopkins. And I love Hopkins, and it's tough to go off last season because of like the change in scenery and you know everything's different and no preseason probably and no OTAs and stuff and so but I'm just going to go with the talent and he's been so durable over his whole career he's only missed one game in his career in 2017 with a calf injury and uh, I think a lot of people like like me think Kyler has a good chance of taking a step forward and the offense is going to spread it around but he's just too talented to not get targets like a lot of people say, and I believe it too, that targets can be considered like a skill set, you know? Yeah. It's like, you get open, you obviously have a track record, so, you know, I think I still think he's going to get the targets even in that offense. Yeah. He averaged 16.5 PPR points per game last season, which is pretty great. And last year, the cool stat about him is he was, uh, he was tied for second in receptions last year, which I didn't realize that, but he had 45 fewer than Michael Thomas. So... Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, man. My number five is Tyreek Hill. Uh, first, I'd say his stats are a little misleading from last year because uh, there was a few games where he played hurt and didn't play in every drive. But even with those, uh, he still averaged almost 16 points per game. In 2018, he averaged over 20 points per game. And so if he stays healthy, he'll probably be, probably, probably be closer to that number. 
the thing with Hill is that he is a fairly consistent player, even for a quote-unquote speedster. So so even though he'll have a couple of games where he might only get you 12 or 13 points, he's going to have a lot of games where he's going to single-handedly win you the matchup that you're in because he's going to score over 20 or you know 25 points per game with a couple of long touchdowns. Um, so yeah, Tyreek Hill is probably my first kind of what you consider, I guess, more of a boomer bust type player, but he doesn't really have the bust type games really, but has a lot of the boom type games. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was looking at his stats and yeah, you think he's uh, a bust guy, but he doesn't really have that many bust games. Or no, games. yeah. It's a misconception. Right. All right, Matt. Or number right. six. Okay, my number six is Tyreek Hill. And, I mean, <laughs> it's tough to not. I mean, Tyreek Hill, man, just the upside is so great, man. I mean, he's like the probably the fastest guy in the league, and he's got the best quarterback throwing it to him with the best deep ball accuracy probably. I don't know if they actually, but the best deep ball probably in the NFL, in my opinion. And uh, so, I mean, I mean, when he's not injured, I mean, he's going to win you weeks. And so, I mean, Casey's obviously going to throw the ball a lot. And, um, man, yeah, like I put on my notes too here. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty consistent last year. And just, just the upside and the injury concerns are the only thing is the problem with him is if he gets injured. That's all. Yeah. So, a cool stat I got about Tyreek Hill. Did you know that he has eight inch hands? Eight inch hands, and that's zero percentile. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you see me? He's got the biggest hands. No, like, it's like smallest. Some, oh, the smallest hands. Smallest oh, okay, so zero percentile. Oh, I see. I see what you're zero. saying. Oh, really? Eight inch hands. And he went to Garden City Community College here in Kansas. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. What Was that after he got in trouble or something at Oklahoma State? No, I think it was before. I think he went his first year he went to Garden City, and then he uh, then he transferred. To Oklahoma State. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, man. Uh, my number six is Julio. Uh, so last year he was number three with over 18 points per game. Uh, you know, I mean, Matt said, again, has pretty much said everything, but uh, – you know, and number two in receiving yards last year. It's just crazy that all these stats, they're all behind Michael Thomas. You know, number one, number two. It's just so crazy how dominant Michael Thomas was. But, yeah, he was number two in receiving, uh, receiving yards last year with uh, um, almost 1,400. Uh, but the one thing that is strange with Julio is his touchdown production. You know, God, it's just, it's just so weird that such a dominant receiver has such a hard time getting in the end zone. It's almost like it's like a mental block or something. I don't know. It's just, But, yeah, he had six last year and eight in 2018. And for a receiver with as many targets and yards as Julio, you just you expect more touchdowns. So that's part of the reason why he's a little bit further down my list. You know, I mean, if he had a little bit more touchdowns, you know, he would definitely be in the top five or top three even. But yeah, like I said, you know, with with no touchdowns, he's down there a little bit. You know, number six. So yeah, it is pretty crazy with the guy, <clears throat> his profile and how big he is. He's not more than his own target. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's almost like they just. You know, once they're down there, because I, I, I think his red zone targets aren't even that high, so it's almost like Matt Ryan just kind of looks elsewhere. You know, for you know, looks at his running backs, his tight ends. You know, because Austin Hooper had a lot of touchdowns last year, so it's just kind of strange. Maybe it's because he, uh, maybe it's because he's got all the receiving yards going up to that point, and so maybe they give him a break when he gets down there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's just tired. He's just uh, he's gotten like <laughs> a 60 catch already. So, yes. <laughs> right. All right, Matt. Okay. Number seven. My number seven. I put DJ Moore here, and the reason I like him is, I mean, if you look at his, his profile and playerprofiler.com, he, he has a great profile. He's he's a fast receiver, a lot faster than I realized, you know, him being like a short area target guy, you know. And uh, I think he's due for more TDs this year for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody probably believes that, but, I mean, with as many yards and his targets 
the targets that he got last year, like the TDs that he got, is way low compared to like the mean. The, yeah, the expected touchdowns. Yeah, so he's he's definitely gonna improve in that area. And Matt Rule is coming in. He's he's got a passing mindset, and so he's gonna have uh, a lot of a lot of opportunities this year. And I believe he's gonna have a lot higher quality targets this year. Mm-hmm. Like his last year, he had Kyle Allen throwing the yeah. ball, and this year's Teddy Bridgewater. Man, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. And I I heard. Uh, interview the coach said they're going to try to pass the ball downfield a little bit more this year mm-hmm. due to like the skill set they have at the wide receiver position and everything yep. so I think Teddy can throw the ball downfield even though he, you know he hasn't really in his career that much hey, Teddy. so I don't know I, I, I think uh, I, I love DJ more this year especially in a PPR league you know he's going to get a lot of catches and so mm-hmm. and obviously the Panthers are not very good so they're probably going to be throwing the ball a lot this year. Yeah. Do you know they drafted um, every draft this year? They drafted a uh, defensive player in the draft. All the draft picks were all defense. Oh, really? Every pick yeah. they picked this year was defense. Yeah. And so they must really believe in the offense and skill, yeah. skill players at least. I guess. I guess last thing I have to say is a cool stat about him. I mean, involving him is the Panthers were number two in the NFL last year in passing plays per game, and so. That's, uh, that looks up for him, you know. Yeah, That's yeah, a good thing. yeah. That is an interesting stat, um, but I mean, it's kind of weird though that stat because I mean, I think they're behind a lot because they were not a, such a great team, you know what I mean? So maybe they're throwing a lot more, and it's a different off, a, a different coaching staff. But yeah, that is. I but I mean, everything you said, I agree with. That's what's kind of crazy about it because more passing mindset coach coming in, and they might be just as bad. And a better quarterback. Yeah. Better quarterback too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my number seven is also DJ Moore. Um, you know, he averaged a little over 15 points per game, and you know, which was good for 14th last year as far as a PPR receiver. Uh, part of that was again the four touchdowns, which again, uh, wide receivers and touchdowns. It's a little bit finicky. You know, you can't always go off the last year. It's just wide receivers for or touchdowns for wide receivers are just hit and miss. It's just the way it is. Um, and you know, you can't expect more progression towards the mean, which is eight or nine touchdowns more. You know somewhere around there um now over the second half of the season he averaged over 17 points per game and again that was with Kyle Allen you know that was with you know not even their starting quarterback you know and I think with Teddy Bridgewater and him once they develop a relationship kind of a you know a a chemistry uh DJ Moore will be his go-to receiver and you know these defenses are going to have to be focused on Christian McCaffrey they just have to you know otherwise he can take over the game single-handedly which is going to leave a lot of single coverage for DJ Moore as well so he's going to be see, seeing a lot of uh, single coverage, which will leave Teddy Bridgewater with some easy throws uh, his way. So, yeah, D.J. Moore in a good offense and a good player, number seven. All right, Matt, number eight. All right. My number eight, I put Allen Robinson at number eight. <clears throat> and I don't know. It was tough between for me between him and D.J. Moore. I mean, I like Allen Robinson because – He's just an alpha receiver, and there's not, like, a lot of moves in the NFL anymore. And I think at Fool's plays, he's going to be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only competition for targets there pretty much is Anthony Miller. Mm-hmm. I mean, they picked up you know, they, they picked up uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, but they got, like, ten tight ends on their roster. So who knows with that? Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? And uh, Cole commit. Yeah, Cole commit, maybe in, like, a couple of years, you know. But uh, he was number four. Um, in targets last year or last season, I think he got 153 targets, and the Bears obviously probably going to have to pass a lot this year too because you know I don't know I don't think the Bears are going to be that great in my opinion. 
And with Nick Foles, he's probably you know he's going to have more catchable targets mm-hmm. than uh, Trubisky throwing him the ball. And I, I think he's proved over the years that he can be a fan, uh, lead fantasy option. He averaged 15.9 PPR p- uh, points per game last season, and in that offense that he was in with Mr. Bisky, how bad he was playing last year. Yep. I mean, he just showed he can do it with even even the worst situations. Mm-hmm. So if this year, if it gets even a little bit better, you know, I don't see him finishing like outside the top ten, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, I guess one more thing I got here. About him, he's he's gotten at least 150 targets in every season. He's played all 16 games. Kind of wow, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Uh, my number eight is Mike Evans. Mike Evans is probably the most boom or bust receiver on this list for me. Uh, last year, he had five games with ten or less points, including getting completely blanked by Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints. <laughs> uh, yeah. But with that being said, he still averaged seventeen point seven points per game, which was fifth overall. He had two games over forty points. Uh, so that's you know so he's just such a boom, you know can win you a, a couple weeks but he could lose you a couple weeks. Um, but he does have a more consistent quarterback now. You know he had Jameis Winston throwing him the ball, which I mean everybody kind of knows he was the most inconsistent quarterback in the league last year by far. Um, and so he's probably going to have a more consistent stat line. You know he may have more of those boom games, but not so many of those bust games. So yeah, Mike Evans is my number eight. I put Kenny Galladay as my number nine wide receiver, and he's he's kind of like, yep, yeah. If you know, me and Dustin kind of talked about it before, and we we have the same top ten, but in different order. And we we're looking as like it seems to us like it's a clear cut clear cut number like top ten. Like after you get out of the top ten, you get to some of those guys where it's just it just like out. Odell, Juju, um, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is one of those ones I could have slid into the top ten. Yeah. But, like, I don't trust Odell. I mean, I don't feel like him and Baker have a good relationship, a good chemistry. You know, they just, I don't know. Yeah. So. Juju, who knows with him. Yeah, so. But anyways, uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay. <clears throat> I mean, he's an alpha receiver, too. I mean, he's, you know, he's just a beast, you know. He, he's not going to get a lot of catches. He never gets a lot of catches. But he's always efficient. And he looks to be a pretty decent t- TD threat after last year. Mm-hmm. Led the league in touchdowns with 11. Yep. And uh, I think Marvin Jones was maybe tied with them even with 11 or 10 it's crazy both of them guys both have yeah. like a lot of touchdowns and um, I think Stafford's health is going to be like a huge deal with it even though he, he did perform with those other guys last year you know the backups yeah I think eventually I mean you're going to want to have Stafford with him oh yeah I mean he yeah, could go fall off you know to those, uh, those other guys if someone's mm-hmm. in there eventually so I hear, I heard though that Stafford's back is completely healed. Yeah. So if he's completely healthy to go into the season, like they say, then I, I love Galladay, and uh, I don't know, uh, Derek, uh, Bevel is uh, a former quarterback coach, and he's a diverse offensive coordinator. So he's going to find ways to get him the ball in different ways, you know. Yeah. So even they got two good running backs in Matt Patricia, I still think that they're going to find ways to get Kenny Galladay the ball. I mean, how can how can how could you not? Yeah, I mean, so, he, yeah, he is the clear-cut number one receiver there, too. Yep, and um, another team that's defense is not very good, and the team's probably not going to be that great. They're probably going to throw the ball a ton, and he's going to get a lot of garbage time. Yep. And he was number one in deep targets last season. It's kind of cool. Yep. Cool yeah, that was kind of his thing last year. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Um, my number one is also Kenny Galladay. Uh, yeah, like Matt said, he's number, one, number 12 overall receiver in, in uh, points per game last year. 
but he also led the league in touchdowns with 11. Um, so you, the thing is, you might expect a little bit of regression, just because you know, again, the touchdown mean is like eight or nine, and you know, receivers kind of go they fluctuate. So I mean, you, you it may not happen. I'm just saying though, don't expect 11 touchdowns every year, especially with the with the type of receiver he is, which is more of a down the field type of guy. Um, but yeah, and he was also number six in receiving yards last year. So I mean, you know, he, he does have a lot of yards. He does catch a lot of deep balls, which is kind of you know that always helps the fantasy. Um, and all this was with Matt Stafford only playing in eight games. You know, uh, weeks one through nine, he had five games with over twenty points, and then without Stafford, weeks ten through seventeen, he only had one game with over twenty points. You know, so yeah, and you're right. So with with uh, with uh, Matt Stafford being fully healthy, playing all sixteen games, Kenny Galladay could be another top five receiver. You know, so I mean, he's you know. He's one of those guys that can very well outperform his number on this list. Number nine. Yep. All right, Matt, number 10. All right. I put Mike Evans as number 10, and I struggled between him and Galladay because they're kind of close. They're, like, really close to me. And, um, I mean, he's a monster, too. He's 6'5", 231, and the Buck, I mean, he's just a beast. He can go up and get the ball and contest the catches, you know, and the Bucks are obviously going to air it out. They got two decent running backs, but obviously wide receiver is their strength in tight end, you know, even though Arians doesn't use his tight end that often. But uh, I don't know. Mike Evans, like you said earlier, he's going to give you a couple stinkers, but, I mean, what wide receiver really doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very few that don't. And so I think his upside is definitely worth it. You know, he can get you 30, 40 points in a game. And so you kind of just have to play him and just deal with the, the bad weeks, you know? just to get the good ones, so. Yep. <clears throat> and I think Brady actually is going to go deep because, I mean, he, he went deep when he had Randy Moss. Like, what is that? Pretty much his really only great deep threat mm-hmm. that he's ever had, really. Great. And so, I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess the only reason I put him lower than Galladay, I would swap him, is because of Godwin. Godwin's yeah, Godwin. it's going to take some, a lot of those targets away. And so, uh, he has weak winning upside, and... Uh, the cool side about um, Mike Williams, Mike Evans is that he joined Randy, Randy Moss last year as the only second receiver in history to have at least 1,000 yards in their first six seasons. Jeez. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, my number 10 is Allen Robinson. So, yeah, so, again, if you notice, me and Matt had the, the same 10 players, just in mixed order, different order. Uh, but, yeah, Allen Robinson was wide receiver nine last year. That was with Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball. He had 98 catches last year and is the clear-cut number one receiver on the Bears. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Graham, you know, is there. I mean, and Anthony Miller is going to get his balls. You know, Anthony Miller might actually be a good breakout player this year. But uh, but um, but Allen Robinson is, you know, is the clear-cut number one. Uh, Matt Nagy, you know, he's a good offensive mind, and he knows that he has, you know, who, who the best player on his team is. So Matt Nagy's not stupid. He's going to feature Allen Robinson. He's going to throw him the ball a ton. Uh, Nick Foles I, is most likely going to win that competition. And, uh, you know, Nick Foles is stupid either. He knows where, where to throw the ball if he wants to win. So, yeah, so uh, so Allen Robinson will be a stud this year, number 10. All right, so the next thing we're going to do, we have just a few sleepers. Uh, you know, we just wanted to go over a few sleepers that we thought. Um, for wide receivers, we figured sleepers would be uh, the uh, 50 – or outside the top 50. Outside the top 50 receivers being taken, so – so you know, so they're kind of late round flyers. Well, not, not even necessarily late round flyers. I mean, there's still there's a lot of good receivers. So, because me and Matt were actually shocked when we did our sleepers and we looked outside the top 50, we were shocked at like what receivers were still there. You know, so yeah, we're going outside the top 50 for our sleepers. 
All right, Mac, who's your first sleeper? Um, I put my first receiver, my first sleeper receiver as Mike Williams, and I kind of felt like I was cheating a little bit because he was number 51. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, still, that that's a value to, to pick him that late, in my opinion. I mean, he finished as the wide receiver 41 last year, and in PPR, even though he's not really a PPR guy, despite having only two touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see him getting... You know, just as many yards as he did last year, which was about a thousand, and definitely more touchdowns because he's you know he's a big dude that can go up and get the ball. Mm-hmm. And so, I think being drafted as number fifty-one and definitely the potential to be in the top thirty easy is, I mean, worth it. And he said he had ten TDs in two thousand eight and only sixty-six targets, which is pretty insane. In two thousand eighteen. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. And uh, he needs to improve his catch percentage though, because he was like number ninety-four last year. Mm. Um, with 54.4% catch percentage, which is pretty awful. I know Philip Rivers had a horrible season, but, I mean, that's just that's just terrible. So I, I think Herbert actually might help him if he starts because Herbert likes to throw the ball downfield. Yeah. And um, I don't love him a lot, obviously, but I just love his ADP. And uh, he was number two last year in the NFL with 20.4 yards per reception. Yeah, that's pretty much what he is. He was yeah. the deep threat for, for Phillip Rivers last year. You know, Keenan Allen was kind of that underneath guy, you know, ton of catches. Um, yeah, and then Mike Williams was kind of that downfield guy. Awesome. All right, man. Uh, my number one is Deshaun Jackson. Um, so he got hurt last year, which is part of the reason why he's being drafted 149th overall, you know. Um, and, you know, part of the reason why I thought of him as a sleeper is because, I mean, everything that he's going through right now with the whole uh, tweeting out about, you know, the Jews or whatnot – um, you know, if he wasn't going to be a big part of the offense, then he, then the, the Eagles would have just cut him, you know, and been done with them and avoided the PR nightmare, you know, but now they, you know, I, I just heard Matt tell me that he saw that, that they're sending him to a, um, a, uh, what was it? What are those called? It's like a concentration. Yeah. Like a concentration camp or something, uh, with, with like an old Jewish guy to kind of see what the Jews went through. So, I mean, they're really put, they're really making him go through it to stay on the team. So, I mean, they really want him on the team. So, he's clearly going to be a focal point of their offense. Um, you know, I mean, they got Jalen Rager, who's going to be, you know, another, you know, a good receiver most likely. Or, you know, or I mean, he was a first-round pick. Um, and, you know, and then you got Alshon Jeffrey, who I was reading may not even make the team. You know, I mean, he may end up getting cut. And so, so Deshaun Jackson's going to get a ton of targets this year. Um, you know, from what I hear, he's going to be fully healthy uh, when week one comes around. So, yeah, Deshaun Jackson is being drafted around 149, 150 right now, and I think if you, if you can get him around there, you're going to get a steal. Yeah, I love it. I mean, what other starting wide receiver, number one wide receiver on their team potentially? Yeah. Can you get that later? Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right, Matt, your number two sleeper. Um, <clears throat> I put Curtis Samuel here, and he's kind of like a post-hype sleeper. I mean, his ADP right now is 61, number 61 wide receiver, 173rd overall. And he's obviously a speedster. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. He ran a 4-3-1-40, which is, I think is 100 percentile. And I know that doesn't always equate to, like, fantasy production, but he's definitely a home run. He has, he's got home run upside. And so, and everybody knows about last year. He had, like, you know, a ton of air, air yards last year. Yep. And so I think the statistics um, are probably going to go up this year with the catches and the actual yards with all that. Stats with the more with the more accurate quarterback throwing in the ball besides Kyle Allen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's gonna you get better target um, better targets this year, just like DJ Moore. Yep. And uh, Joe Brady said 
it's a quote, Curtis is going to be critical to our success. And so I believe he's going to be used, you know. And uh, I think Robbie Anderson being there might actually help him because he might actually open up the middle of the field if so they can use Curtis Samuel more. Like he was used in college. Like I think he was a running back in college, like hyphen running back receiver in college. So yeah. They probably, even though they had a lot of air yards, they probably want to get him the ball like in short areas to, to get yards after the catch. Yep. It's kind of like how the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill. I mean, everything exactly. you're describing about Curtis Samuel is what is like, I hear Tyreek Hill. Like 4-3-1 is what Tyreek Hill ran. I think Tyreek Hill actually ran a 4-3-2, which is yeah. crazy to me. But yeah, and then the running back in college, all that. It's Tyreek Hill. I hear Tyreek Hill, yeah. so it's crazy. It might be. I mean, they might have picked up Robbie Anderson for, for that reason. They wanted to get a guy. Like, mm-hmm. They probably didn't want to use Curtis Samuel that way. They probably didn't have anybody else to use. Yeah. So I bet he's going to be in the slot a lot this year and getting over the, yeah. the targets. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't know. I just uh, – yeah, they talk, talk, about, talk about the target quality. I looked on play, playerprofiler.com, uh, and he was ranked – 101 in target quality last season from the quarterback Eesh. of all receivers. What that means basically is Kyle Allen is not a good deep deep quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uncatchable good, balls. Not a good thrower for the football. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean I guess that's all I got to say about him. Just just love his ADP, you know, worth a shot that late. Yep. All right. Um, my number 2 is Hunter Renfro. Um, he is being his average draft position is 167 right now. Uh, just close out over his last seven games last year, he had four games over 17 points. You know, so he started to come on. You know, it feels like he kind of started to understand that offense a little bit better towards the second half of the season. Uh, this season, he you know he's had a whole uh, you know whole off season to study the playbook, get to know the playbook. You know, of course, no OTAs or anything, but you know, just another season in the offense. You know, he's going to be much more consistent. Um, you know, John Gruden has talked him up a bunch even last year and in this off season, saying that Hunter Renfro is going to be a part of their offense. Um, you know, so I just think at 167, which is if a 10-person league, that's in your that's in your uh, what 16th round, and in a 12-person league, uh, like 14th round or something. So yeah, so so Hunter Renfro would be a steal at 167, absolutely. All right, Matt, number three. Well, my number three is Hunter Renfro too. <laughs> I swear we didn't <laughs> look. Number two. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of things you said. Yeah, I mean. He was, uh, I think he's, what do you say, 64th receiver being drafted right now? He's just so cheap. And you can get him in a throw-in in, like, dynasty trades. Like, I've got him as just, like, a throw-in in the trades. And um, I know they like to be conservative there in, uh, in Las Vegas. Both quarterbacks do. They don't like to throw the ball downfield, so that fits in or in for perfectly, you know. So I think no matter which quarterback starts this year or plays, I think they're still going to target him a lot. They got those rookies they drafted and, every, and everything, but I still think Kenny Hunter Renfro is going to be like the blank blanket over the middle mm-hmm. along with Darren Waller. And so he kind of started slow last year, but he picked it up. And um, in week eight, week eight on last season, he averaged 15.4 PPR points per, se- per game. Like, that's, I mean, that's pretty good yep. as a rookie. And uh, he doesn't really have a great profile. You know, he's like one of those short – yeah, white slot receivers that aren't fast and stuff, but he's really agile, which really is really good for a slot receiver, and he has good hands. And so, uh, kind of like a Julian Edelman, you know, just I mean, kind of what he reminds you of, you know, mm-hmm. Wes Welker. He was the number seventeen in fantasy points per route run, which is kind of a cool stat, you know, mm-hmm. last year, which is pretty good. Man, imagine Hunter Renfro with Tom Brady, you know, like his probably I mean, he could be like he probably would would be like the next Julian Edelman or something. You know, I'm just kind of yeah. picturing that. Now, you said something interesting. I was just kind of wondering. You said both quarterbacks. Do you think Mariota has a chance to uh, to, to be the starter over Derek Carr? Um, 
No, not to begin the season, but I think there's a reason they picked him up. And if Derek Carr, I guess I, guess I would say Derek Carr is probably on a really short leash. Yeah. Like, they're going to be in Las Vegas. They're going to want to have fans there. They're going to want to win. Yeah. And so I think if Derek Carr is not winning games, I guess, basically, at the beginning of the season, they're going to probably try something new. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that Mario is better, but it could just be a change in a change, change in scenery. Yeah. yeah, it makes things different and maybe ignite your team a little bit, you know. To, so there's a good chance that Mariota could start the season for sure, I think. Yeah. I mean, and John Gruden, I mean, you know, I mean, the Raiders, they haven't been quiet about wanting, you know, trying to get a new quarterback. I mean, they tried to bring Tom Brady in, which, I mean, you can't blame him, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're not completely sold on D- Derek Carr, you know, which is funny because, I mean, they're paying him over $30 million a year, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, it's like if you're not happy with your $30 million a year quarterback, you're probably not in a great position. All right, uh, my number three is Robbie Anderson, which is kind of funny. You say Kurt, uh, Curtis Samuel for your number two. So he, so his ADP is 148. Uh, you know, so he struggled in New York, but a lot of that wasn't his fault. You know, last year he had some terrible quarterbacks throwing him the ball. And the year before was Donald's rookie year. Um, and the year before that, he had almost a Pro Bowl season, you know. So, I mean, he's shown that he can be great with, you know, with, with a quarterback that can get him the ball. Because, I mean, everybody knows he's kind of a one-trick thing. You know, I mean, he's not the greatest route runner, but he's got speed, and he's, he's a great downhill threat or a great downfield threat. Uh, and the Panthers will be throwing the ball a ton this year. And, um, you know, and he should see a lot of targets downfield, which equals big fantasy days. Um, the Panthers have the third easiest wide receiver schedule this year, which is going to help him out a lot because, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, DJ Moore will be taking those, you know, those number one corners – and then, you know, there's going to be some slot guys, you know, McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel underneath. And so, so Robbie Anderson is going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage. And with his speed, he's going to be able to burn that one-on-one coverage. And so he's going to have a lot of a lot of games where he's going to have big, just, you know, maybe three catches, but, you know, 16 or 17 points. So, um, so yeah, so with all those great matchups, I see him and being probably the number two receiver on the team, I think he's uh, his value is, is better than 148. Man, I agree. I think... We like the Panthers, I guess, because, I mean, we like D.J. Moore in our top ten at number mm-hmm. seven, and then I put Curtis Samuel as a sleeper, and you put Robbie Anderson. Yeah. And, like, I think the Panthers have actually a lot of value this year where you oh, can get yeah. them all. Yeah. You know, like even Teddy Bridgewater, like in Superflex, if you're playing that, you know, mm-hmm. like you could get him so late, and with that new coach coming in and all the, you know, all the talent there, man, I think it's worth to take a shot on a couple of those guys on that team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, Matt. So just to recap our top ten, my my top ten, one through ten, is Michael Thomas, one, Devontae Adams, two, number three, DeAndre Hopkins, four, Chris Godwin, five, Tyreek Hill, six, Julio, seven, DJ Moore, number eight, Mike Evans, number nine, Kenny Galladay, and number ten, Allen Robinson. Nice. All right. Mine's... Michael Thomas, number one, two, Julio, three, Devontae Adams, four, Godwin, five, Hopkins, six, Tyreek, seven, DJ Moore, eight, Allen Robinson, nine, Kenny G, and ten, Mike Evans did. <laughs> All right. And uh, my number one sleeper is Deshaun Jackson, number two, Hunter Renfro, number three, Robbie Anderson. Sick <laughs> I got uh, Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Hunter Renfro, man. I, I think Hunter Renfro's been, like, moving up in, in some of the drafts, you know. He is. He's becoming a hot sleeper, you know. Yep. Whenever I do so. best ball drafts, I've noticed he's going earlier and earlier, you know. Before he wasn't getting drafted sometimes, you know, or I would take him, like, in the 20th round or something. He's not available in the 20th round anymore, you know. So, yeah, his ADP is definitely going up. 
Yeah, I've realized I've liked I like too many Raiders, and I've had to think it through. Like, I love like I pick a Henry Ruggs like in the best balls because you can pick up on a late with the home run upside, and then I'll pick Brian Edwards like later, and I love Brian Edwards, and then like I'm like oh yeah I want to get Hunter, Hunter Renfro later too. <laughs> gotta, there can't be that many good players in Vegas. No, know? there's not. So I got to rethink that one a little bit. Yeah, but still love Hunter Renfro though. All right, well, that's the show, guys. Um, real quick, again, you guys can give us a follow at Fantasy Pain Pod. That's our show's podcast. Uh, you can give Matt a follow at Fantasy Frontman, or you can give me a follow at Fantasy Pain DLS. Frontman, baby. Frontman. All right, thanks, you guys, for listening, and have a great day.